Well, this is Tom on Living Truth again, and we're glad you're with us. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about Hinduism, Eastern religions, its effect on our life, and we're, we have Kim Gratney with us today, and she's had some experience in working this through from a business perspective, so welcome, Kim. Good to have Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's a joy to be here, Tom. So... Part of my experience is just coming back from India. I was over there and had a couple of experiences. One was that there was a man that was giving me a tour and took me into a Hindu temple. Actually, it was a Jain temple, which is kind of an offshoot of Hinduism. But very you can think of it as a Hindu temple. And so we got to the end, and he took a little dab of some sandalwood mixture, I think is what he called it, put it on his forehead, and said he had a blessing from that. Then he asked me if I wanted some. I said, no, I don't think I do. But it made me think about just how some of the thoughts of Eastern religion, Hinduism, have filtered into our country. And so that was one experience. Mm -hmm. Another experience that happened was that uh, one day at the hotel, there was a family that was from the U.S. They were there at the hotel, and we were celebrating a day called Republic Day, where they celebrate their constitution being written and accepted by the country. And so I told her, I said, and her husband, I said, the United States and India are connected because... We declared independence from Great Britain, as did India. We have a constitutional republic, as you do. And then her next words were, yes, we share a great karma together, don't we? Ooh. And so, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> but Awkward moment. <laughs> exactly. But uh, anyway, um, I wasn't able to really continue talking with them very much. And so I didn't pursue that. But, but like I say, it made me think a little bit, both those experiences made me think a little bit more about the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I have a quote that was written a few years ago from a Hindu leader named Palan Iswani. Mm -hmm. He says, the West is clearly open to the Hindu message, ready to hear about yoga, meditation, mysticism, mm -hmm. healing, and the ancient ways. Such products were too sophisticated for public consumption 30 years ago, but today they're the hottest item on the shelf. Now, a small part of this phenomenon is related indirectly to the coming of the New Age movement, mm -hmm. a small army of yoga missionaries, Hatha, Raja, Sita, Kundalini, beautifully trained in the last 10 years, is about to set up on the Western world. They may not call themselves Hindu, but Hindus know where yoga came from and where it goes. So that's just a little introduction to our topic for the day. Mm -hmm. um, just give me your reaction to that, Kim, as you kind of listened to me talk about it a little bit. You think that's actually happening? From your perspective, what do you think? I completely agree with your perspective, Tom, that it is happening. And as I've given some prayerful thought to perhaps what the root of that slow um, 
transition into our acceptance in America of those ways based on that quote you just read, it seems that it's really rooted in one's inability to want to be unpopular. So our unwillingness to identify our solid ground and be willing to stand on it in the face of all these other ideas that are circulating and, and really just wanting to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And so it's much easier for people to um, be willing to consider or to appear uh, accepting than it is for us to create some discomfort by being clear in our own minds and then still um, still thinking about it from how can I still love this other, you know, this person who's yes. showing up in my space, but not necessarily join them in their space. Yeah, and I mean, Hindu uh, kind of philosophy, Eastern philosophy would be all paths lead to God. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of devolves into always are accepted. Yes. And just some of my own reading is some of these offshoots of it then say, well, there's no guilt, there's no sin. Mm -hmm. And if there's just no sin, no guilt, there's no need for a savior. Yeah. There's no need for right and wrong. It's yep. just wherever you land. It becomes a free-for-all. Yes. With everything allowed. And given our human nature of sin or sinfulness, um, that doesn't really match up. But I also don't know that people are okay with or ready for the truth. They it's so much easier to run from it and hide from it and pretend and put on masks than it is to um, really be dropped to your knees and start to understand what it means to live by a truth. And I, I think, you know, most Americans probably are not going to embrace Hinduism, not going to go to a Hindu temple. I remember the first time that I was in New York City and went by a Hindu temple, didn't even go in, just mm -hmm. uh, saw all the statues and everything, mm -hmm. just how shocking that was in sure. Brooklyn, New York. Sure. And now when I go to India, I mean, just it's everywhere, and so I'm not as shocked mm -hmm. as I once was. Mm -hmm. So probably most people are not going to not going to convert to Hinduism, but they're going, they adopt ideas yeah. and things. Like, for example, I found one, I uh, read about one woman here, says she attends Catholic Mass mm -hmm. every Sunday, uh, but she also meditates several times a day, practices yoga every other week. She knows Catholicism, Hinduism, and Buddhism mm -hmm. have contradictory elements, but here's what she says. This is Angela Bowman from Chicago. She says, it's all pretty much the same thing, which that's a very, um, very surface level kind of viewpoint on what's right and wrong, true and false. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and I, based on experience and based on um, just the, I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, Tom, but the ability to really see things um, in a very different way I also can't help but wonder if that's 
a result of our busyness. So instead of making the time and space and really contemplating and considering all, if, if something is conflicting, creating that time and space to sit down and study through it and work through it and talk with others and get thoughts from mentors and other um, leaders in our community, friends, etc., family, we don't make the time to do that because it's uncomfortable and it's counterculture. Mm -hmm. And thereby the result is we start letting the little things like that seep into our space and lose our traction with the truth and start to get enamored with all of these other things really that help us to just feel good, but that don't have the, we haven't taken the time or space to go deep enough to understand mm -hmm. what's truly happening in some of those influence, with some of those influences. So just to be, um, Survey-wise, mm -hmm. uh, just to give a little data here for a second, mm -hmm. the uh, Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life Survey says that 24% of the public say they believe in reincarnation, 23% mm -hmm. uh, believe in yoga as a spiritual practice, 25% of the public believe in astrology, which was pretty surprising to me because astrology, is, to me, is like, way out there but um, th those are the kinds of thoughts that people are thinking about and considering and it's just yeah it's a wake-up call well look at how easy we as a society have made it to connect with let's as an example yoga it is offered not only at our local YMCA's but it's offered in standalone businesses and it becomes that escape from the busy, from that chaos that is providing that peace of mind without having to learn theology or any doctrine or really, I mean, you're uncomfortable, but not to the same degree when you are identifying solid ground associated with Jesus. <laughs> one <laughs> so you had a little experience back what was it, a couple years ago or so yes yeah mm -hmm. and uh, you had some business uh, you were investigating and researching considering share a little bit about that experience with us mm -hmm. how it, how you came to be involved with it what some of the practices were that eventually made you reconsider that direction, your business, and just share a little bit with us. Yes, thank you. So I enjoy meeting and connecting with people. And so in typical fashion, I had approached a woman who spoke at a professional organization that I was uh, attending a luncheon for. And she was very eager to learn more about um, my business and, and just the mission, um, what's now become more of a mission. But you know, at the time, I was really searching for um, some co-creators of, of meaningful and deep experiences um, in the realm of horse-guided coaching and thinking about people to partner with to create an event. And the individual that showed up in that space is an extremely well-respected 
person in the central Iowa community and is a you know best-selling author so on the surface that's really alluring and as we got further into planning I began to have a lot of unease with mm. the language used and as I discussed it more and more with my husband being the Christ-focused man that he is, he one day said, Kim, I've been listening to you now for several months, um, expressing some discomfort and unease with the terminology. So she mm -hmm. would talk about her spirit guides and what they had revealed to her, mm -hmm. even about me. And About she, you, personally? Yes. You know, so she said at one point, I think you have more work than you'll know what to do with. It's coming very soon. Well, who doesn't want to hear that, mm -hmm. right? However, um, the easy thing is to listen to that, get all excited and stay connected, yes. right? Because also as Christ followers, we are called to love all. That does, you know, I'm learning more and more yes. about what that truly means, having boundaries, for example. Right. That's probably another side trip. But um, so he encouraged me, okay, Kim, it's been several months of listening to this unease and this discomfort you need to ask her a question. And that was a pretty heart-stopping moment because um, I knew he was right. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated how long it had taken him to share that with me and how long he had sat with it and prayed about it and let it be. Yeah, because you didn't entirely know where this woman was coming from yes. at the time. And, and as I reflect back though, Tom, I probably did know, Okay. but but it's scary, right? It's scary to think about saying no mm -hmm. and the risk associated with, well, if I don't connect with a best-selling author who's showing up in my space and, and allowing right. this event to be branded under the business that I've been trying to grow and move forward, I'm, I'm silly. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not a smart business move. A smart business move is being open to the things that show up and saying right. yes. Well, okay. However, the unease kept growing. And so I took my husband's encouragement into consideration and knowing it was the right thing to do, but it didn't mean I raced and did it. <laughs> I sat with it for a while and thought, and I think I even sought your counsel as well, um, to, you know, how do I have this hard conversation? Yes. And I coach people on how to have hard conversations, but when it comes to religion or spirituality or doctrine or theology or whatever it is you want to name all of this, it's really hard. Oh, it's always difficult to be on the other side of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes. So one day I, the Holy Spirit kept nudging me and I kept hearing my you know Dustin's voice reminding me or encouraging me to ask this question so I called her up and I remember I was sitting in, in my living room on the sofa and I just prefaced it briefly and said to her can you help me to understand when you mention spirit who is it that you're referring to and her response was simply well it's God and I had a part of me that went, oh, whew, okay. And then a part of me that went, there's something else yeah. that isn't. But she wasn't necessarily sharing the whole story. Yes. She was yes. still trying to present herself to you as somebody that you could connect with. Well said. Yeah. So I thought, well, 
perhaps that's enough. And so we continued to plan this event. Well, of course, God continues to um, help us understand the, the, what his plan is. And so a few weeks went by and I was connecting with a friend at a meeting of, of women downtown called Journey Makers, which is no longer in existence, wrapped up at the end of that last year. But it was, it's a place where women come to be encouraged about the message of Jesus. And as I got to visiting with this dear friend, and I was telling her some of my unease, her eyes kept getting bigger and bigger, and she said, I'm going to send you some articles. I think I know the path this woman is on, and you need to be aware of how the use of Christian language and Christian thoughts are interwoven to something that could not be farther from yes. Christ following. And I thought, oh, oh my word. <laughs> However, I read the articles, traveling to Texas with part of my family, and the more I read, the more I knew deep down, and the more the Holy Spirit just kept convicting that this really needs to come to an end. Um, and so I let things just settle for a little bit. And then of course I ran into her in person, oh, <laughs> out in public. <laughs> and it was an opportunity to meet family and just connect for a moment. And we started talking about how it was time to move forward with this event. And so I, I did not reach out to her. I just let things be for a bit, which was a big step for me because I love to, again, just be in relationship. And when she reached out and said, hey, it's time to start thinking about how we're going to move forward, um, I simply wrote back and just said, I really appreciate um, your time and your energy and your confidence and all the things that you've brought to the table. Um, I've decided to go another direction and I wish you all the best. Yeah, that was a brave step. I remember oh, talking to you about that. Yes. Yes, Dustin and you were huge um, mentors and coaches in that space and I never heard a word from her. Mm -hmm. And that hurts a little bit only yeah. because I'm sad to have that friendship just come so abruptly to an end, perhaps. Mm -hmm. However, I also know that people, God brings people into our lives at various times for various purposes, and we're not meant to always be connected to everyone we've met at all times. And so it clearly helped me actually grow in my faith, even more so, and gain the confidence to not only get clearer, but to learn how to stand on my solid ground a little earlier. Had you done any study with her on this particular program? No, no. you just had kind of been introduced to a few of the ideas. And what we're talking about is a particular program that's been around a long time back, I think in the 60s was when it started, called A Course in Miracles. There's famous names attached with it. We were just talking about Marianne Williamson, mm -hmm. who you said, you reminded me that she's been a candidate on the Democratic platform mm -hmm. for uh, becoming president, but now has dropped out. Mm -hmm. But that's somebody who has promoted this particular course. It's been promoted yes. on Oprah. Oprah yeah. promoted a lot of things like that down through the years and give away books yes. along these lines. And so it's course that sees evil and sin as an illusion and the course developed we were just talking also about the person that first started writing some of the ideas 
down, started as a Jewish atheistic psychologist. Then she developed this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she apparently developed this spiritual philosophy, and she thought Jesus was talking to her and giving her a revelation. And so, a person who really got into it could go way, way, way off track. Yes, and I've heard some personal accounts of people who have gotten. I don't know what to say, maybe consumed by something. That's a good word, yeah. And they create, I mean, I've heard so many different stories, um, mostly from women, but they will create things that they are under the impression is from Jesus or the Holy Spirit, when in fact it is from incredibly dark spirits and it is from nothing uh, good. But the trap of that is so difficult to overcome and I think we've all had experience with some sort of trap in our lives at one point or another um, and and thankfully in the people who I've visited with that have shared some of their accounts with me it was a Christ following person who would bring them to prayer groups and bring them up in church and bring them up in family prayer and bring and and come around them and were the ones that helped them to get out of, of mm. those traps. Um, but we don't make that very easy mm. as far as what I mean by that is um, when I say we don't make it easy, we have a tendency, I think, to stay away from those really controversial topics. There are so many topics anymore that people just agree to not to not agree on right. and avoid. Yet that that doesn't really apply to kingdom principle living, and it doesn't allow us to share uh, the the gospel and others to share their truths because we've really made those hard conversations unpopular because nobody feels good. Well. I'm pretty sure that's really not the focus of why we're here. It's not about feeling good. Yeah, I was actually in a gathering back a couple months ago, and someone said, let's don't talk about religion or politics. <laughs> exactly. And but that's, that's said. Everywhere. I thought, what else is there to talk about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know there's lots to talk about, but I thought, well, we can't really put things off track like that. And mm-hmm. Anyway, it's that's a different direction. But the deep, but the deepness of those conversations is what's missing. Which back to your earlier point, Tom, about some surface perspective. That's all we are willing to be is surface because we're too busy and too afraid and too guarded and too worried about self-protection to go to those places that are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Here's the sad thing, you may or may not know this, this particular course has been used in churches. Mm -hmm. Churches Mm -hmm. that name the name of Christ, now they're not very discerning churches or leadership that would allow this to go on, but that's, yeah, that's sad. One of the things I had learned about the course as well in some of the reading this Christ-following friend thankfully had passed along to me was the notion that each of us in this course space are considered Jesus. So each person is Jesus 
versus living with Jesus, you know, li versus living a spirit-filled life with Jesus as our Savior. So if you think about, I don't know, I'm very visual, right? So just the thought of so many thousands or how many ever people follow this program that think they're Jesus, that's a little unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it is for you, but oh my word. <laughs> so kind of the main point here is that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that the only way to the Father is through him. And Jesus also tells us to be wise as serpents, as harmless as doves. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes scripture tells us to have discernment. And so... That's a hard combination. Tom. It is. <laughs> that, I, that's a lot. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Especially as someone um, who likes to connect with people and wants to have those relationships really grow and develop. That does take yeah, just a lot of spiritual focus to be able to do that. That is well said. And I think it also takes an acceptance that we are not going to always be liked, but mm -hmm. learning that our worth comes from our Savior and not other people's opinions is life-changing and completely transformative. But getting there can nearly kill you. <laughs> but... But then once that once the once that's revealed to you, it's a pretty amazing place to reside, and I'm sure the journey is different for everyone. Um, but it it's oh, I, I'm grateful for Dustin because he is that constant reminder of we're not here to be popular, we're not here to be well liked. Jesus wasn't even you know appreciated in his hometown or among his family, yes. right? That's okay. And that can be a part of another person's journey, too, is to recognize that, oh, they're kind of going in a direction that's off. And so yes. I, I've appreciated your growth and mm -hmm. just watching you mature and Thank work you. through some of these things. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's so important as we, as we talk about these things with our children, it's really important, I think, to know that it's okay not to be in that maybe always liked space because that suffering is worth it um, in the name of Jesus. And also thinking about building people who will become adults someday and maybe don't have to go through some of the fire that we've gone through in, in learning that, but they possibly will. Um, I just, it's just been an incredible, incredible journey. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for and gaining more confidence in living out. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate this blessing. God bless. And we'll uh, talk to you all next time. And uh, thanks for being with us today.